Welcome to the Shed Podcast. I'm your host, Tia Marie Arnold. Thank you for joining me this week. Well, let's jump right on into it with Cher. So, first of all, I got to get things off my chest. It was spring forward this morning. And, okay, so I went to bed a little late because I thought I was going to have an opportunity to sleep in just a little bit. I don't know why I thought that. So I was up watching person of interest. And um, so I went to bed at like midnight, but I still thought I might be okay. I'll be pretty good. Then our neighbors decided that they wanted to have the most ridiculous party ever at three o'clock. So I was dreaming. I was having a nice, good sleep and I was dreaming and everything. And all of a sudden I hear these voices in my dream. Well, when I finally came to, there were people It sounded like 20 grown men out on the patio laughing and screaming and talking loud. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. So it was a really um, it was a hard night. It was a hard night for me. And so I am half awake uh, because of that. But let me just tell you, people, when you have your little shindigs at your house, okay, could you please be respectful of your neighbors? That's all I'm asking. It took everything in me to not open my window and scream, shut up. But I also knew that my kids might wake up and I didn't want to do that. And then I thought, well, maybe I should just go downstairs and just flicker the light off and on to let them know, hey, you're waking up people. But they didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And then I thought, well, maybe I should go outside and just say um excuse me you know play the little innocent neighbor um excuse me guys uh could you please um quiet down I'm really trying to sleep and then play the mom card like I have two little kids and listen the sleep that I get is so necessary all these things were like playing in my mind and then by the time that whole scenario situation ended they had went inside so I thought okay great I'm going to fall back asleep. And I was almost there. I have to take melatonin at night because I have a bad habit of waking up. And once I wake up, it's really hard for me to go back to sleep. But I was on my way. It was great. It was quiet. I did hear the little, you know, happening in the house. But I was like, okay, I can deal with that. It's better than all the, all that stuff that I heard last night. Okay. So I'm almost asleep. And then I hear, And at first I'm like, what is that? Is that a dog? Like it sounded like a dog. I didn't know what was happening. I'm thinking, is Bankston out? That's our dog. And then I hear, and all the, now all the girls are outside. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So needless to say, the cops were called. I did not call the cops, but they were called. And I had to put on my husband's music to drown out the sound to get me back to sleep. Yes, I'm on a rant. Seriously, because it's already spring forward and you already you already lose an hour of sleep and then your neighbor decides that he wants to have the biggest party of the year and does not care. It is so rude and disrespectful. I don't know why people, okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop right there because I can go on and on and on and yes, on, but I'm going to turn it 
off. Okay, so let's move on. Let's go on to more lighter things, because if you're new to the podcast, I don't want you to think that all I do is complain and rant, even though that actually had grounds for complaints. Okay, secondly, um, I wanted to do a follow up on Josiah's Saturday School. So I don't know, maybe the second episode I did, I kind of had this little meltdown because my son had to go to Saturday School and everything. Well, Saturday School ended about two weeks ago. But this past Friday, Joe comes home and he got a 90 on his math test. I was so excited. I was so proud of him. And in that moment, it just reminded me like certain things happen in our life because we need them. And it may not be the most convenient, you know, with living next to these daggone neighbors. You know, you may not get, okay, I said I wasn't going to go there. But you may not get your real good night's sleep you know, Friday night. And so Saturday, you just want to like sleep in and stuff, but I couldn't do it because I had to get up and take Josiah to Saturday school, but it paid off. So just a little nugget here. Even if you have to do something that you really don't want to do, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. And I was so proud of him and he was so proud of himself and that I just had to share with the listeners how well my Joe did. Yes. Um, And lastly, before we go into hearts, um, so the coolest thing happened, me and the kids were on our way back from Chick-fil-A because mama did not feel like cooking. How many mamas out there understand that? Did you like, you know what? It just, I can't do it. (laughs) We got to go through the drive-thru. That was where I was. And it's Chick-fil-A. I am number one Chick-fil-A fan. Yes, yes, yes. And their Chick-fil-A points are quite awesome, by the way. But we were on our way back from Chick-fil-A on our way home. And um, I can't remember how we got on this conversation. I think the kids brought it up about the Bible app. Uh, Last episode, I shared how I put the Bible app on Alexa. And so I was going to allow them to listen to the Bible app every other night. And I had made mention that I feel like they're going to end up wanting to listen to it every night. Folks, it happened. All this past week, I gave them a choice and they have chosen every single night that they want to listen to the beginner's Bible every single night. And so they were talking about all the stories and I'm like, so what was your favorite story and what did you like about this? And so then I'm like, well, I have it on my phone. So we decided to play it on the way home. And it was so cool because they were actually speaking with the narrator. They knew the word of God. They told the story. They were like, oh, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. It was so cool. It blessed my soul as a mom to be able to hear that my kids are taking the word of God so seriously that they cherish it and that it's becoming a part of what they want. I'm not forcing it down their throat. It's becoming something that they desire. And so parents seriously... I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but it is a suggestion. Get that Alexa kid and get that beginner's Bible on there and let them listen to it every night because they absolutely love it. And I think it's only about an hour and 45 minutes or something. They get through it probably in two nights and then it'll just replay and they don't care that it replays. And actually, you know, the more repetition you get on hearing the word of God, you all know it builds your faith. So you're building your child's faith and they're enjoying it. So I just wanted to share that with you. All right. That was a good share session. Let's move on to hearts. Um, today's topic is a little bit heavier than what we've been talking about. It's heavier than parties and heavier than tests and heavier than, well, the word of God is 
utmost important, but um, actually the word of God can be applied to the topic that we're talking about. We are going to be talking about depression and I have a very special guest. He is um, 19 years old. Yes, I'm telling your age. And um, he is just an awesome, he's an awesome teenager, awesome man of God. He has a great heart. He's a great worshiper. I mean, this this boy led worship in our house one day and we was all just tore up, like on the floor in the kitchen. Just, oh my God. It was so incredible. Um, but he has an amazing story and a testimony of what he walked through and the depression that he walked through. And I asked him to be on the show because he has a perspective of where these teenagers are with depression. I feel like depression, um, you hear, you're hearing about it more and more. And it it's not just something that grownups go through, but I think, if anything, probably more teenagers go through it. And so I wanted to bring him on. His name is Matthew Abramson. Hello, everybody. Hi, Matthew. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. I'm like super excited right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, so Matt, we, as you know, are going to be talking about depression. Yeah. I would like for you to share uh, your journey and that season of depression that you went through. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So um, when I was around 11 or 10 years old, my dad was diagnosed with a disease called vascular dementia. Um, and, and that lasted for about seven years. And through that, like uh, before then, I should say, like my father was, a, he was a normal dad. He Now he wasn't a believer, mm. which is kind of interesting. And it definitely plays into the story um, or into my testimony. Um, but yeah, before then he was... He, he was a good person, I should say. Um, he was a great daddy. He had great morals, and he would raise me, and I knew him as a normal father. Now, my mom, when she had me, she was 40, and my dad was 50. So I have older parents, but they still had good morals, and my mom was a Christian, and so they raised me. And then at 10 or 11 years old, my dad was diagnosed with this disease, and with this with vascular dementia, you slowly progress and slowly go downhill. And so that's what was happening to my father. Um, and eventually it got to a point where we had to put him into a nursing home. Mm. Um, and just watching my dad become basically a different person over the span of a few years. And it really didn't feel like a few years. It felt like it was very fast, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but just seeing that, it put me in this state of depression. And I had that. Um, and my my personality kind of, I, I kind of use comedy in a way to put up a front. Mm -hmm. And so like... You it, are quite funny. Yeah, well, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, yes. And, and the thing is, is it's it, it was a shield and I kind of used that for a long time to cover up my depression. And I, I'm... I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, previously, because I was struggling with this uh, in looking up certain things, I found that um, that front is what a lot of people use to cover up their depression, actually. Mm. And I found myself doing it more and more. So, uh, but yeah, and, and the next part of that story was uh, really my father um, in in his disease in, in, the, in the nursing home, he had gotten to a point where he was about to pass away. And that point, I really 
wasn't getting into the word of God. I, I was, my mom raised me as a Christian and my dad, he didn't mind it. Um, but I was never really on fire for God. I was kind of in a lukewarm mm -hmm. state of mind. I really wasn't going after God. And at this point, I didn't know what I, that God was the only thing I knew to cling to. Um, and at this point in my life, I think I was like 15 or 16 years old, I want to say. Um, and my dad at this point had had uh, pneumonia. He had a cyst on his brain that it was, it was actually growing. Wow. Um, he was like coughing up blood and, and all of this stuff. He was having strokes and mini strokes and all of, all of these terrible things. And I was, I was positive he was going to die in the nursing home. Um, and so I started reading in my Bible. And I turned to God and I said, Lord, I just, I, I, you know, I don't know what to do in this scenario. I just know that you're my only hope. Now, what made you run to God instead of running from him? You were 15. Yeah. Yeah. I think, wow, that speaks volumes that at 15, most of the time, well, I just know me at 15, I had an <laughs> attitude when things didn't go my way. You know, I mean... You turn to God instead of away from him. Why do you think that was? Well, I think I do have to give a little bit of credit to my mom just because when she, while she was raising me in Christ, she would constantly tell me about the things that were out there. Mm -hmm. She would constantly remind me of, okay, there are drugs, there are alcohol, there is, you know, all kinds of stuff that people turn to in the face, it, it, when they're facing like terrible things when yeah. they're facing tragedy so and she allowed you to she she brought those things to your attention she, i was aware to like keep them away exactly from you. Ah, she didn't wisdom. she did yeah yeah and and that was one thing that i really appreciated because i was like okay now i bombarded. right right i wasn't like well let me try this because yeah. i knew the outcome i knew what the consequences right were. and so yeah knowing that I'm, i was just so thankful you know um but in my turning to god there was a scripture that had popped out to me and it was, it was Mark. I can't remember the exact scripture. I think Mark three. Yeah. I can't, I'm not going to try cause I don't know, but, um, <laughs> don't worry it, about the address. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it was about healing. It was like, you shall anoint the sick with oil and they will be healed mm -hmm. and pray healing and they'll be healed. And so I'm like, well, you know, uh, at this point I was writing my dad's funeral speech. So I'm like, well, let me try this first. Wow. And so I went into the nursing home and I brought my Bible. It's, I've, I've just, n I've never done that before uh, going to the nursing home. I'd visit every day and I never brought my Bible. This time I did. And I had a certain boldness about me and I sat down with my dad and he was just in, an, uh, he was taking a medication where he was just in like a, a coma type state where mm -hmm. he really wasn't aware of what was, he was like a zombie in a lot of ways. Like he's just unaware. And I sat down and I laid my hands on him and I prayed and I didn't even really truly know how to pray then. Um, so I just say, God, I, I know, I know that you're, you, you can do impossible things. So I just ask that you would do this. Please heal my dad. And wow. like a, a month later, he was, 70% better, which is with dementia patients, wow. you have up and down, but you don't have 70% better. Yeah. Like, and so it was just so amazing. And that was a time where I was like, okay, God, uh, you're real. You're the real deal. Like <laughs> right. this isn't, uh, just stories you hear about. Like this is the real deal. Yeah. So I'm like introduced to this through faith and 
I was just amazed. And then I had another good year with my father that, because before then I had a lot of regrets with my dad. Mm. Um, I mean, just being like, especially around the age of like 13, 14, those were years when I was so confused that I was angry. Mm. It built up not only a depression, but an anger. And so I would take that out on my father a lot of times by just like, you know, why don't you understand this? Why, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you don't know what my birthday is? Like I, I would, I would just get so frustrated. Um, and then growing up, I, I had, especially when he was in the coma, like state when he was, I thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Like I had really regretted those times, but God allowed me to reconcile. Yeah. And that was a prayer that I had that I was just so thankful that I'll be eternally thankful to Christ for giving me a whole year to reconcile a relationship with my father that I thought I might not be able to get back. Mm. And that was wow. just amazing for me. So, yeah. Wow. So what, what was the, so in that middle, the depression that happened in the middle of your father uh, being in that situation, Yeah. you're saying that it was you turning to God that got you out of that depression. Absolutely. Without yeah. a doubt. Without wow. a doubt. Now tell us the rest of the story. So, So then um, if we can rewind just a little bit, actually, when my dad was 64 years old, this was right before he went into the nursing home, Um, and he was 64 years old, and uh, he had not been a Christian, not believed in Christ, no religion. His parents were Jewish. He had not believed in Christ at all. Um, But I would go in his room with him every night, and I would pray with him. And I'd ask him after each prayer, I'd say, Dad, do you believe in Jesus? And he would say, no, I, I just don't. I just don't believe. And I'd say, okay, okay. And then I, next very next night, I'd come into his room, sit by his bed. And what was so interesting to me is he would always look forward to it. Hmm. And I never want, I, I, I never like understood why. You know, I just, in my mind, I was just thinking, well, it's just, he just loves me that much, you right. know. But I would go into his room and then one night, I went into his room. I sat down. It was just like every other night. And I started praying with him. And at this point, I started to, like, I really started to feel something stir up. And I didn't know what it was, but I just started. And, and I really didn't know how to pray exactly at this point. But I just I just knew what needed to be said mm-hmm. more so. And But I would pray. And, and what I said was I, I started talking about his parents because his parents had passed away at this point. Um, and he had not spoken to his parents for 30 years and then got back in touch with them. So he has a love, very, he's very sensitive, or wow. he was very sensitive to that. And so I started praying like, you know, Dad, when you believe in Christ, he can even reconcile you with your parents. He can reconcile, you know, and, and he just burst into tears. And I felt the Holy Spirit, what I now know as the Holy Spirit in that room. And my dad finally said, he said, I believe in Jesus. Hmm. I just remember those words. I remember his voice saying it as clear as day. He said, I do believe in Jesus. You know what I love about that, Matt, is um, so was this before the depression stage of your life or was it after? It was actually it was actually now that I think of it, it was almost in the midst. In the midst of it. Yeah. I love that because it's it's shows what's on the other side. Mm of you pressing through, yeah, you know, depression, I have my own story and I don't know if I'll have time to share it. I might share a little bit of it, but 
when you are in the state of depression, you don't see clearly, yeah. you feel helpless, mm. you feel hopeless. Definitely. There's no hope. It's definitely. Okay. Um, and it's it's kind of like you feel paralyzed. Oh, yeah. By this spirit of darkness and this spirit of heaviness, the yeah. spirit of failure, mm. the spirit of worthlessness. Oh, yeah. Um. And while those spirits are strong, we serve a God that mm. is greater than all of those things. Yes. And even though maybe in your uh, self you were weak, he was made strong. Yeah. He got you through that. And on the other side of that was a soul. Yeah. How wow. incredible is that? <laughs> it, it almost brings me to tears even now just thinking about that. Because if you hadn't pressed through... Yeah. Okay. If you hadn't turned to God, even though you probably didn't feel worthy to turn to him, mm. because we hear so much about how our faith is, is supposed to be strong and how we're supposed to be as Christians. And while I do believe some of that, sometimes we just don't have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's just be real. You can still be a Christian and have depression. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. sure there's a bunch of people that are, I was a Christian that went through depression. I mean, same here. Um, but so sometimes you don't have the strength and the ability and your faith is not, is not able to do that. And so sometimes the way that it's preached, it can actually put you in a place where you feel um, that you can't turn to God. You, right. it, it can put you in a place of shame. My yeah. faith isn't strong enough. Mm. I'm not pushing past. I'm not, I'm not believing. I'm not whatever. I'm not, I'm not. And with that, it will make you turn away from God. Yeah. But in your situation, it, despite of all of that, you turned to him mm. and you turning to him gives, gave you his strength and your weakness yeah. to persevere and for God to use you, you weren't in. And I love how you, you know, I thought maybe it might've been before or whatever, but the fact that you were actually in it yeah, is it was, even, Oh yeah. <laughs> don't get me preaching on here. <laughs> Listen, I love the fact that even in the middle, in the middle of your mess, yeah, God still used you. Yeah, which Come through, well, and, Lord. And, and I have a testimony that I don't know if I've told you before, but God even used my dad while he was in the nursing home mm. because, I mean, at this point he had accepted Christ. Yeah. He was still going downhill though. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad at, at this point, he, when he was in the nursing home, he really couldn't speak. And so he had trouble communicating, like real trouble. His words would slur all the time, but he had a roommate and the roommate's name was Robert mm -hmm. and he was a World War II veteran. And, um, he he had an oxygen tank, and there are times because of it wasn't the best. Let me just say it wasn't the greatest nursing home, um, and so they didn't really have the best equipment. So Robert didn't have the best oxygen machine, and so there was one day where all of a sudden my dad had noticed that his roommate was not breathing right, and I to for him to even know where he is is a is like wow like mm -hmm. you know you where you know where you are right now that's amazing right, you know right. but he re he noticed that and he went to a nurse and told a nurse and they that like it was just in the nick of time they had to get get him to the, like the ICU and but he he actually survived wow and he lived for like i think months wow and you know the thing is, is like God will still use you in the midst of of your depression, of, mm -hmm. of the midst of your whatever. Yeah. God will still use you. Yeah. And it, I was just like, wow, 
Like right. that blew me away. Well, he wants that. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. He's not looking for us to be strong. Right. He doesn't need us to be strong. Yeah. He just needs us to be a vessel to come to him. Mm. Like when my children are hurting, when my children are sick, you know, I don't need them to do anything. Just allow me to be mommy. Yeah. L- allow me to do what I need to do for right. you because I know that you can't do it right now. And but you it's love okay. to help though. I, of course. And that's of the course. best part of it all. Right. And that's the heart of our father. He right. wants to help us. He wants to use us. He wants us to turn to him. He doesn't want us to turn away from him. Right. So share with the listeners um, how how the remainder of the story with your dad. Yeah. And so, well, he accepted Christ, prayed healing, and he, he came back home. And so during that year, I mean, it was... I really had father-son time. And just to be able to, I mean, just watching a football game with my dad, like we used to do that before he had his disease. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, during his disease, we really didn't, I was taking care of him. That's what I was doing. And I was while I was still doing that when he came home, um, it was, it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was taking care of him. I felt like I was bonding with him. Wow. And to have that moment back to be reunited and reconciled, it, it was the most amazing thing. And so we had a year during the end of that year um, was the end of my father's life. And it was very I mean, that was probably the hardest part of it all, um, because I, you know, you think you have all this time. And and there were day, nights, days and nights where I'd cry in my room and I'm like, I wish I had my dad and he'd be right out in the dining room. You know, he'd be in, sitting in the living room, just watching whatever. And but after he was gone, it's like now that guy can't just go in the living room, you know. And so it, it it's like a reality hit me. Yeah. Um, but when he was passing, it, it, he was on hospice, which they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. They really did a wonderful job with my father. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about them. Uh, but w- they would have nurses come in every week. And just evaluate him, do a checkup. And so one week they came in and they had seen signs that his kidneys were failing. Um, his One sign that you're starting to pass away is that you you can't swallow any water and your bowel activity is you, you can't hear anything in the stomach. You can't mm-hmm. hear the stomach growling, moving. Um, and so all of those signs were apparent. And so that was the hard, that was a really hard day. And then from that day on, it was they're they're like you know it might be tonight we don't we really don't know and but for seven days, every day they, after that they had a full time nurse they were there night and day, they would have one nurse for the day shift one nurse for the night shift, and every single day each nurse would say today's the day today's hmm. the day he's gonna you know be with the Lord you know they didn't always say that but that's yeah. that's you know and so what was incredible was every day they would say that and it wouldn't happen and my dad it like it was it was just it was really scary to watch they were giving him drugs where he was in a, in a medical coma and he would just be completely out of it if you we tried to like give him a sponge bath just to keep him clean as much as we could every time you touched him he would have a seizure wow. it, it was it was really really difficult it was I, I mean and because they weren't giving him any more food or water his stomach was like I mean, just a pencil. And um, so it was really, really rough to see him like that. But through it all, uh, we were worshiping, I, at least I was worshiping by his bedside. Hmm. 
and I, I, I would play worship music constantly. And my dad's favorite song before he believed in Christ for, for almost as long as my mom has known him and as long as I have known him, his song has been Amazing Grace. Mm. And it, it, that really gets to my heart because it's like that is his story. His story is the amazing grace of God saved him. Yeah. And on, on my father's last day, it was about three in the morning, and I, I was trying to keep myself busy. I, I don't think I slept for, I, I might have gotten a few hours of sleep every day for seven days. And I was doing the tiles in, my, in the bathroom floor <laughs> at three in the morning just to do something. And all of a sudden, the nurse, she, would, she came, she ran into the bathroom, and she's like, it's, it's time. And she said, go get your mother. It's time. And so I ran, and I got my mom, woke her up. She she was coming out, and the nurse went to go help my mom, you know, just, just walk with her and everything. And it was just me and my dad. He was, he was, we had a, a bed, a hospital bed set up for him in the dining room, and it was just me and my father. And I saw him. He was breathing very, very heavily. His color was, I mean, he was just completely, like, yellow and white. Like, it was just a, I just was never seen him like that before. And I knew it was time. And as my dad was going, his last breath, I got to share this moment with my father. His last breath, he 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 inhaled, and then he exhaled, he exhaled and he had the biggest smile on his face mm -hmm. that I have ever seen. And and that was that was such an amazing moment that I got to share with my dad and it gave me such a peace in knowing that I'm going to see my dad again one day. Amen. And that was Amen. that was it was it was the most amazing moment in his life and in my life yeah. with wow. my father. With my father. And so, yeah, I'm just so thankful that I got to experience that. And the thing is is when I saw that I I wasn't crying. I wasn't sad. I was so happy. I was, I was, was the so joy happy. Of the, Lord. the joy of the Lord. It yeah. was my strength in that moment because I, there's no way I could have had a smile on my face. Right. There's, I mean, I wouldn't, by my own strength, no way. There's well, it, no it way. It amazes me what you were 17 when that happened. Yeah, 17 so years old. Almost two, what, three? Yeah, two, yeah about, about two or 20. three years. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can even share this story now. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that can't, they can't talk. They about can't it. talk. They wouldn't be able to talk about that. Yeah. And they would be angry mm -hmm. and just, and I, you know, no judgment there. People handle right. things differently, but I just, I think how beautiful and how glorious, uh, God's glory is through this story. Oh yeah. You know? Oh Yeah. I mean, where, where, like, I, I, I mean, I know where the strength is coming from, but just explain that. Explain from there to now. Mm -hmm. How, how do how? you do it? Well, I, the thing is, is I think, you know, a lot of times I always have heard people say when, when people, because I've had some deaths in the family and when, I, when I've had those deaths in the family, I hear I, I've heard people say, you know, why did God take them from me? And that, in, in my situation, because I know where my dad's going, because I know the reality of this thing, it's like instead of saying, God, why'd you take my dad? I, I'm saying, 
Jesus, thank you for receiving my dad. Mm. And just knowing where he's at, like it, 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 it's the world. Like yeah. it, it's, it's just a complete difference because death is very sad. It, it can be very sad. It can be very tragic if the circumstances are not what they are. If the circumstance, if it, if Jesus isn't around, if death is not defeated, then death is it's horrible. Yes, but death is death defeated. Will defeat you, right? Exa- well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll yeah. T- it'll it, it's that's what it is. It right. takes your life. But in this case, my father's life wasn't taken. So it was received. That's good. So knowing that and and having that knowledge and just have, having God as my father, number one, because not only has God provided, He's given me fathers, just from a physical standpoint in my life, like. God has provided people to father me, <clears throat> excuse me, and get me through what I've gone through without having my dad in my life. So, yeah. like, that right there also just gives me a complete peace. Yeah. Like, God has provided everything that I've needed through this, too. Yeah. What, um, so after the passing of your dad, were there any emotional roller coasters that you? Oh, yes. Walked through? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it, with this, it comes in waves, mm-hmm. and because I, I'm, I'm flesh and blood, I'm still gonna have those emotions and those feelings of like, you know, well, like I said earlier, like I can't just go in the dining room and there my dad is, you know, right. I, it's it's not like that anymore. So reality, I had to had to set in, and it took, and it's still, it still comes and goes, but. It, it's, it definitely gets easier as it goes. And I've had moments in my life of lash out and anger. And the roots tie back to some of the things that happened with my father and, and not having a father there that was always a believer and different things like that. And so some of those roots tie back. Um, but it always comes down to the, the testimony and the goodness of God through that. Always pushes me through those moments. That's so good. Um, that's actually a scripture. I'm, I'm going to read um, Philippians 4, 8, and I'll just read it early. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah. And that's pretty much what you're saying. Um, I, I know that... Uh, you have to give yourself grace when you're having those moments of humanity. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the part of mourning, right? you know? Um, but it seems what I'm hearing is that you doing what Philippians 4, 8 just said is what gave you the strength, you know, to Absolutely. get through the lows. Right. You know, is trying to focus on what is praiseworthy, even if it's small. Right. Exactly. Because I believe gratitude and giving God thanks, thanks, it it may be small in our eyes, but it's a sweet aroma to him. And it it strengthens us. It's kind of like the medicine that we need to take. You know, if I'm not feeling well or if I'm hurting or if I'm in pain, you know, he doesn't want us to take earthly stuff to to, you know, meet that need. No. That turns into an addiction. addiction yeah right. but he wants us to get addicted to his medicine his you know, presence his presence yeah. his giving him praise and he he's given us a tool and yeah. he's given us he's given us that ability to be able to you know the mind of christ to be focused on the things of god because 
there is something that happens internally in our heart. Yes. You know? Yes. I think that's incredible. I, I think you're incredible, Matthew. And I've told you Thank this you. before, but the fact that you're 19 and walk through something like that at such a young age and to have the mindset that you have yeah. and to be able to still sit here and give God glory in the midst of the hurt and pain. I still see that it it's your dad. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I still see your eyes watering. I still see that it's hard for you to share, but you're giving God glory in the midst of a situation that is is hurtful and is hard. Yeah. That's a sacrificial praise. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I mean, because it's a sacrifice. Like yeah. your flesh, I, I can't speak for you, but I would just know for me, like it will be hard sometimes oh, to yeah. like to do that or to push through or to give God praise or to even find the little thing to be <laughs> yeah. grateful for. It's true. And it is hard sometimes. Um like even in sharing, I, I just, you get those memories back and you start to replay events that you wish you could have. Oh, I wish I could have done it. But it's like, well, no, because it wouldn't have turned out as beautiful mm -hmm. if those things didn't play out the way they did. Yeah. And you think sometimes you're like, well, it's it might. No, no, no. It's not as beautiful if you don't go through that pain and that toil in the seven years and even the seven days felt like seven years, mm -hmm. you know, but. If I didn't go through that, it would not have been as glorious of a result. Yeah. You know, there's a scripture about that, like, you know, you're persevering through all this stuff, but it's worth it for the day of his glory. It's That's so right. worth it. So good. Yes. So I know there's a little preacher man in you. So why don't you take <laughs> this moment and if there's a teenager listening. Yeah. And they're maybe maybe they have both of their parents, but maybe there's something in their life that is trying to suck the joy out of them. Mm minister to them for a moment. Absolutely. Well, I just know in growing up and still being a teenager, like you, you see things from your perspective a lot. And it, it, well, the thing is, is perspective is everything. It is. Perspective is, is the, the key. And having, you know, the eye is the light to the body that, that to me speaks as, okay, your perspective is so important. So if you're if you're going through life and, you know, I know how it is. I want to sleep all day. I really do. There are times <laughs> where I just want to sleep all day long. And there are times where I just want to do what I want to do because I think that it's the right way. And and I think depression t ties into those things because you you want to do things. You want to be independent. You're just now, you're just now getting to that point. You're just now experiencing new things in life. And so it can hit you. And when you're experiencing things for the first time, it can really kind of throw you off and, and throw you for a loop and change is like so difficult. And that's kind of what I experienced with my dad. Like it was all change. It was constantly, mm. well, well Lack my of stability. dad, yeah, like my dad never did that before. He never, you know, so change can be very scary, but if you take it on and you don't take it on as a bad thing and you have a good perspective about it. You're gonna go so far. You're What's the go perspective? So far. I love that. What yeah. What is a perspective? What's an example of a perspective that they can take when there is a whole lot of change? Yeah. Now this can minister to everybody. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, in a, in a lot of change, when when change is coming on, you have to take it as okay. This it could be bad, but it's always going to be good because the thing is with Christ. 
there's no, I mean, there's no failure. Not only do you live eternally, but God has a plan for you, and it's a plan to prosper you, give you a good hope and a good future. Mm -hmm. So when change comes on, if you have the mindset of, okay, well, whatever this is, whether it looks good or looks bad or ugly or, or whatever the case may be, if you take it on as, okay, well, Christ is in my heart. He's in, he's, he is my perspective mm -hmm. the, you know, he is my, my strength, my, my stability, my foundation. So even when change comes, I don't change right. my, who I am doesn't change. Well, I should and say. knowing what his word says about all things. Yes. What does it say? All things work together. All things work together for the good of those who love him. Yes. And, and that is just one thing. I mean, so that's the good and that, the bad. That's the good and the bad, mm -hmm. all things. And, right. and, and so, but in my, in my life, in my experience, you know, there is, there are times where change there, like you, you, you can't see the bright side sometimes. Sometimes it's impossible to see the bright side on things, yeah. but the bright side is, is, God has given, he is going to get you out of the, the moment, like just recently, even, even, you know, I, I was raised and lived in the same house for night, you know, all 19 years of my life. And just recently I've moved out on my own. And when I first got out on my own, it was like a, it, it was like a shock. And then being in a, a financial place where I wasn't comfortable, I was not making a lot of money. I, you know, I wasn't very comfortable in that area. And it was a pressing and a crushing, and God brought me through that. And but at the time, it seemed like okay, there's no way out of this. Mm -hmm. I feel stuck. I feel like I'm trapped right now. Like, how do I get out of this? It's impossible. And here I am today. Yeah, that that uh, that's the faithfulness of God. Yeah, we we all feel. Uh, and I, you know, I gotta throw in my book. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, I don't have to. But it's it's interesting that you said you feel stuck. That's actually a chapter in my book. Mm. We all get to a place where we feel stuck. Yeah. We feel like there's nothing on the other side of this thing. Yeah. It and and being in a place of depression or being in a low place in your life, um, it's easy for us to believe that this is the end of the chapter. Yeah. This is not even the end of the chapter. This is the end of the, the book of, of my life. This is, yeah. This is it. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want to live for anything else. I don't care about anything else. Nobody cares about me. Oh, so why yes. should I care? I mean, we get, we get pitiful. Yeah, I mean, we, oh, we really do. We really do. Um, but the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't need us to get on. Like he doesn't need us to get ourselves unstuck. Right. He doesn't need it. It's his grace. His grace will mm. come in and it will change our perspective. It will fill us up with this joy unspeakable oh, yeah. it would give us a peace that we can't understand yeah. it's the holy spirit that grabs a hold of yes. us and pulls yes. us out of where we are and then now we look back and we're like man and and i love that we all have we all walk through this and that's why it's important for us to show grace when other people are in it right you right. know what I mean? Um, I, I I refer to like in the chapter of being stuck of like it's so it's a car just stuck in the mud and just mm. turning its wheels, trying everything it possibly can to get out. Yeah. The only way it can get out is hooking on to the tow truck, with, which is the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit pulls you out of that place of being stuck, yeah. pulls you out of that place of depression, pulls you out. But you got to connect to it, even if it's right. even if it's just a finger. I mean, I think yeah. about the woman with the issue of blood. She just touched yeah. the 
hem of his garb. She didn't grab the whole cloak. She just touched it. Yeah, she couldn't even grab. I mean, all you got to do is just touch him. Touch him with your faith. Touch him with your mouth. Touch him with your praise. Touch him with your worship. Whatever you got to do to touch him, just touch him. I know. That's all he needs. Just a little open space and the Holy Spirit, Just he just floods in. Yep. That's what I love. That's why I love um, when it it talks about, you know, grace like rain. Mm. Like it's not only because it's pouring down on you, but it's it seeps in. Yeah. Even when you get those little cracks, it's like. Absolutely. Because he loves us so much. And I didn't seek God first. He sought me first. Yes. Well, it's his love that draws. Right. And, you know, when you were saying that it seeps in, it reminds me of the scripture in Ezekiel about of, of the river, how it rises and it talks about how it goes deep into everything that was dead like the holy spirit has the ability to go in those places if you just give him just a little bit of access that's all he needs now that's also all that the enemy needs too but Uh, he can't he can't go against the holy spirit all the holy spirit needs is just a little bit and he'll go deep like water goes it it, where does it travel don't travel up no um, it travels down it goes to the deepest part of who you are the deepest places of your hurt the yeah. deepest places of your pain he knows what he's doing he created yes. it that that's that's the beauty of his spirit i love that so good and so what that does is then that's all he needs right that's all he right. needs he doesn't need you to have it all together he doesn't mm. need you to like he's not waiting well i'll praise god when all when all my feelings of heaviness huh. and all my feelings of this are gone no. he don't need all that no. he wants you just as you are right. and he's also in the business of transforming you more into his image yes Right? Absolutely. Yes. Amen. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to move into encouragement. Matthew, you going to stick around? Sure. Okay. Awesome. So in this in this uh, episode, we're going to have to talk about depression again because there's oh, yeah. just there's it's so much more Such to it. Such a broad it. topic. Um, but I suffered from depression as well, uh, postpartum depression. And I will share my story, but... I just want to talk about the day when it all turned around for me. Yeah. Um, I missed a whole, I missed um, almost a whole year of my son's life because mm-hmm. all I did was sit, I wasn't working and I was depressed. I was, I was going to therapy, but when I was home, all I did was just sit in front of my window mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful window that I sat in front of <laughs> and it was trees all the time. And all, I don't remember the winter time. I just remember it being summer and to seeing all the trees. Mm. Um, And I remember this one scripture that just, this was all, when we were talking about just having a little bit of space, okay? This is, this was all I could say is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I just used to repeat that. I didn't feel like it. My life wasn't proving that to be true. I still had depression. I still couldn't see my way out of this bubble, but that was the only thing I had. That was the mm. only scripture that I could just recite is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. And I remember one day, um, Jeff and Joe were, I don't know, I don't know where they were. I don't I don't know if Jeff was with Joe. Joe might have been with my mom. Jeff would have been out of church. I don't know where right. they were. Anyway, my point was I was in my apartment all by myself. Mm. And this day. The Holy Spirit rose up in me and I got so angry with the devil. Mm. And when I tell you, Matthew, it was my first sermon. Yeah, it was my first (laughs) sermon. I went all the way in on that devil. Wow. I started preaching the word of God over my life. And that devil 
had to flee. That day, I was pretty adamant that I was going to get him out of my house, get him out of my spirit. Mm. I was so I was so tired, Matt. Um, and I walked around that house. I, I think people probably thought that I had lost my mind because mm. I did not care how loud I was. <laughs> and I was like, devil, I am so tired of you having your way. I am no longer going to lose my joy. Wow. I have a child. Like, And in that moment, I actually felt like I was fighting for something bigger than myself. Right. And so I want to use this segment of encouragement to encourage Everyone who is going through a season of depression or a season of change that is hard or maybe you're even going through um, a season of sadness because you've lost someone. Encourage yourself in the Lord, however that looks like. Like maybe people are not as like loud and, you know. <laughs> preachiest, preachy. What, what's the word I'm trying to preach a girl like me? Right, right. You know, like I, I, yeah. Well, and I got to be honest. That was actually the first time I ever did that. Yeah, it rose up in me, and it felt like I was seriously pulling down strongholds. Yeah. So I can't even take credit for the strength that I felt that day. But I think it's so important to encourage yourself in God and. Talk to that devil. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Don't let him walk all over you. Right. Like, you are a child of the Most High God. That's you so have true. power and authority. Well, you know what is so amazing about that, though, too, is w- what I heard you say is like, so in your, like, that was basically one of your darkest moments. It was. And in that moment, that brought the God out of you. Yeah. And you stomped the devil. Like, that is just. That, that's amazing. Well, and, and it's like what we were talking about. Like there was, I, I believe me just reciting that scripture every day while it seemed so small mm-hmm. in the moment, mm-hmm. while I couldn't see any change, while I still felt so detached from my reality. Yeah. Um, his word was alive. Yes. His word yes. was doing a work on the inside <laughs> of me. And so when I, I guess I don't know. God was like, all right, I'm going to allow you to unleash now. Right. It was his word that came out of me and I felt it break. I felt that thing break off of me. And I remember when I had my second child, my daughter, that thought did come back. I was a little um, worried for a little bit. Like, am I going to have to go back through this postpartum depression? I Mm. did not want to go through it anymore because like I said, it stole a lot of time from me and it stole a lot of bonding moments that I wish I could have gotten back with my son. But in that moment, I also remembered Girl, you stumped on the devil's yes. head that day, boo. He ain't coming back for you because <laughs> right. he already know what's about to go down. Uh, yeah, he don't want to get stumped like that again. No, <laughs> he, no, he don't. And and I and I just started declaring over myself with my second child, I'm not going back. Right. I'm not going back to that. I already know what that felt like. I'll be daggone devil. You are not going to have your way a second time. Yeah. No, sir. No, nope. sir. Nope. And it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I thank God for that because it, I know it was his grace covering me and it was his strength that got me through that. But I learned such a valuable lesson that day. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a great reminder even to me now, like don't let the devil walk all over you. Yes. You are a king and a queen of the most high. Yes. You sit in high places with the father. Okay. Mm. Like you are his son and daughter. You, you carry his power. Yes. You carry yes. his power. 
ever. So why would uh, you lay down and just say, that. devil, walk all over me? Right. Absolutely not. And don't get caught up in your feelings either. Because mm. even though, like I said, it took me a while to get to that point where I was, I was fed up. Yeah. I was really tired. I hated, I I mean, nobody loves to feel depressed. No, okay. And all. mine was, it was, it was postpartum. So it, it, it was just a whole nother, I, first time I ever experienced that. And it was very hard to work through and walk through. And I felt so powerless Yeah, uh, for the most part, but when when the word of God rises up in you, even mm. if you don't even feel it, right, you will eventually start to feel it. Yes, because that's really what I, I mean. It went from literally my my preaching went from like a fifteen to like one hundred <laughs> like real quick, hundred and ten. Yeah, <laughs> it was like I felt this like woo, like yeah, because I started to believe what I was declaring. Wow. I started to like I you hear the word of God when you hear it, your faith rises rise, up. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I just I want to encourage the listeners, like, find your inner preacher. Yes. Find it. You know, it's in there. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's in, in there. everyone. It's in everyone. Oh, okay. Sure is. The it, it may not be your personality, but we serve a a God who is strong yes. and mighty. Yes. Who is mighty in power. Oh. So what does that mean? Then we can be strong and mighty. Right. We can be mighty in power because of Jesus that lives inside of us. Yes. Like Jesus was no wimp. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> and we gotta go against principalities and strongholds. So we have the why does the why does the Bible tell us about the armor of God? Because this is no like walk through the park. No. We're fighting a war. We're warriors. We're Warriors, exactly. And so we have to fight. We have to find that inner, that inner lion that, that, you know, the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, lions aren't puny. No. (laughs) Nope. They sure ain't. If you met one. You would be running the other way. (laughs) Right. I mean, well, I don't even know if you can run. If you actually really met a lion, you'd be gone. You'd just be gone. Yeah, yeah. But he he says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That means that every single one of us has this boldness, a Mm -hmm. supernatural boldness inside of us. That's not to tear off your husband's heads, ladies, okay? (laughs) That's not for us to throw our children through the wall, even though sometimes you may be tempted to do that. Don't do that because you will be in jail uh, but yeah. that lion that is even my adopted son here sometimes i want to throw him through a wall too yes but, <laughs> but i mean that lion that boldness is for the kingdom of darkness it's mm. for the enemy right that's what it's for right. and sometimes we do take it out on each other but that's not what it's for. We just need to redirect ourselves. Absolutely. Sometimes. But that's the weapon. Yeah. That's the weapon of our warfare is is like to be courageous in our worship, to declare the word of God, to to stand, put put on his full armor mm. and and to walk in his way. That to me, I believe, I strongly believe that that is your way out of depression. Yes. And out of terrible circumstances out of seasons of darkness yeah and it's i no, i don't think it's gonna like change overnight no it's a process it's a process and like you said you're gonna have ups right. and you're gonna have downs because there's a battle always won it, it, let me say this is is a battle won in a f- in five minutes no not usually well there's a lot of behind the scenes strategy yeah that's good that has right. to take place mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of preparation yes yeah yes 
You're right. And, and, but but a battle is not won overnight. And there are times where miracles happen, and it's like that. But it doesn't always happen like that. Right. It almost it, it actually rarely happens like yeah. that. And especially with depression, it is a strong force. It feels very strong, but against the power of God, it's it's powerless. Right. It's right. powerless. Yes, that's so good. Well, guys, um, we're gonna move into our next segment, and this week's D in the shed podcast is going to be D for dance. Oh yeah. We're going to dance our way out of depression. Come on now. Today. Let's All right. Dance. Matthew, would you like to introduce the song? I would love to do that. Yes, this song is Oh, I just it, it gets me out of depression every time I listen to it. It gets me jumping, dancing. Yes. It is it's Not Today by Hillsong United. Um and oh gosh, just let it rip. It's great. All right.
Yes. Oh, yeah. Let the devil know not today. Not today, Satan. Not today, devil. (laughs) I got a a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, you need to give that to me, by the way. Oh, gosh. Or or, or, order order me one. I could do that, too. Okay, great. I'll be (laughs) expecting it next week. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, listen, that song, oh, that's a great song. Inspiring. That song has helped me through sometimes too yes i love that part where the devil no not today i know she not is today. she was going like hey, saying she's telling the devil so listen that that you know come on lord i wasn't even planning that but that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. that's that oomph and that boldness that you right. gotta have and you let that devil know not today you're not here for it you got stuff to do for the kingdom you ain't got time to be moping around right we serve a good god who has given us his spirit we have the joy of the lord we have his peace we have his love. We yes. got so much to be thankful for. So that I just want to so encourage good. you as you go throughout your week to find something to give God glory for. I Listen, I know you can find something. Oh, yeah. Okay. We probably have more than enough Absolutely. to give God glory for and encourage yourself in the Lord. Well, I just want to thank you, Matthew, for being a part of the podcast this week. It was my pleasure. Thanks for being here and sharing your heart and your testimony. I believe that you're going to bless so many people. Thank you so much. And continue to uh, do what you're doing at 19. I will. All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening this week. And until next time, have a blessed week.